everybody. Welcome back to West Coast Projects Podcast for Orange is the New Black. I'm Michelle. And I'm Jessica. Hey, Jessica. How's it going? It's good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, so, Jessica, we are podcasting Orange is the New Black. This is your second episode. We're doing Season 3, Episode 4. Um, did you have any overall thoughts about the episode? Um, not really. I was watching it, and I... I kept looking for something that we would have to talk about with it. And it just kind of seemed maybe like they're, I don't know, rebuilding the story, but this episode seemed kind of slow to me personally. Okay. Okay. Um, there was some things that I just think need to be said here. It needs to be said for me. And it's not just this episode specific. There's others as well, but I think it's time to just get it out on the, out on the table. We usually decide to, which series to podcast long before they air, of course. And we have no idea what their content's going to be or anything like that. So we don't know if something's going to hit a nerve with us or be offensive or what kind of chord it might strike. And I think that's kind of what makes podcasting interesting because you watch the episode, then you talk about it, and you talk about how it has affected you. Sometimes, to me, it seems like we live in such a politically correct society except where it comes to Christianity. And I personally am just tired of having my religion mocked for a few laughs. It's offensive to me. And let me be extremely clear that I'm not talking about highlighting and calling out hate groups that are disguised as religion. That's not at all what I'm talking about. I'm talking about religion in general, Christianity in specific. I like Orange is the New Black. I've liked the show from the get-go, but I've got to say that this episode, to me, crossed the line. And while we go through this episode, I want it to be known that I did notice the religious jobs, but I'm not going to give them the attention that they were so obviously just stuck in this episode to garner. I'm personally disappointed that the show stoops to this level for a laugh. And that's just something I really felt like I needed to get off my chest before I got started. Um, do you do you have any thoughts on any of that? Honestly, I can think of a couple instances where this episode was mocking Christianity, but I just, I, it's not even in my notes. I just completely overlook it, I guess, because that's what society teaches us to do. You know, that's... Well, what we're supposed no. to be just quiet. Well, that's exactly what I've done. I mean, I've been podcasting now for a, a good little while, and I find myself just keeping it quiet and keeping my opinions to myself. But some of these things were so offensive, and we wouldn't do it, I don't think, in other situations. It's not socially acceptable to do that, and I don't understand why it is socially accepted to do it to Christianity. And by the way, I would like to think that I would be just as offended if they were doing it to other religions. I don't like it. I don't want to be made to feel bad for not liking it. And I think it's fair for me, since I am reviewing the show, to say it's offensive. I don't like it. I think it's a cheap shot for laughs. And I think that the writers of this show are better than that. Anyway, fair enough. Fair. That's fair. Okay. 
All right, we'll start with season one. We have uh, Crazy Eyes. She's waking up everybody because she's having a bad dream. And I don't know if you noticed or not, she's running like a dog. <laughs> yes. In the dream. It seems like, you know how your dog will do the little running like, motion? Bitch, as yeah. He's dreaming? She needs to warn everybody or uh, warn, warn V about something. And everybody is tired of it. They're fed up. This is evidently an ongoing thing with her. And they jump up and jump her kind of have, yeah, wake her up and all that. Anyway, we flash to the morning and the intercom tells everybody to wake up. And Crazy Eyes just wakes up and she's all happy and refreshed and everybody else is just <laughs> ill and bitter. Yes. Um, then we see that Red is waking up and she's smelling Nikki's hairbrush. I thought that was kind of sad. It's so sad. She says that, you know, Piper's giving her a funny look for it, and uh, she tells Piper she wouldn't understand because she's not a parent. Yeah. That was a little heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, it truly was. It was, uh, you could really feel how much she missed Nikki and stuff, and it was pretty sad. I thought that was sad, but Piper's blaming Loose Check, which we've decided that it is Loose Check's fault that he pinned Nikki, right? That's what we decided last week, right? Yes. But it's Nikki's fault, too. Well, of course. And really, it's kind of Nikki's fault more than it is Loose Check's fault. She had the stuff in there to begin with. She's the one that took some of it out and hid it in Loose Check's desk, for goodness sake. I don't really know how I feel about Piper having this kind of animosity toward loose check. Well, Piper doesn't know that she's the one who took it out and hid it. She just knows that they were conspiring together. Does she? Does she even know that? Or does she just think that, oh, maybe that's it then. Maybe Piper thinks that it was loose checks and he blamed it on Nikki. You know, they're really the only two people that know the whole story are loose check and uh, Nikki. And loose check isn't going to talk. And Nikki's and Max, so there's really, I wasn't even thinking about that. You look at it from the the viewer's perspective of it, you know? Right, right, because we know. We've seen, like, the whole thing come into fruition. But, but Red does tell her that Nikki admitted to it, and she still wants to blame Loose Check. Yeah. So, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't really Did, know that. Nikki didn't directly admit to it did she she just said i'm a screw up i'm a screw up i think she i think that was admitting because red came to her remember she said if you were having a problem you could have talked to me and all that and nikki was like i'm just a screw up that's admitting it that's admitting it yeah i mean she, she might not have went into detail about it but well there was no time uh next we see boo Boo's walking in to talk to Pensatucky, asking for some toothpaste. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That was hysterical and awful. That was pretty good. Yes, I know. I, I know. Pensatucky, without any uh, qualms at all, says she doesn't need toothpaste anymore because she has porcelain crowns. I love Boo's response to that. She said, man, your parents didn't even do the bare minimum with you. <laughs> um. I think that's one of the things that we see with Boo a lot. Boo is pretty educated, pretty well-read. Do you get that from her? I do. Okay. Um, Boo sees the cards that Pennsylvania has received from the anti-abortion crowd. She realizes that they're sending her money. And 
this is where Penn's Tucky sits down and she confesses that she shot the nurse because she was mad, not because she was anti-abortion. And she tells Boo that she probably shouldn't take the money anymore. It's time to right the wrongs. And Boo says, no way. Right. Boo's aghast that she would even come up with that. And then we flash to Boo as a child. And her mom is wanting her to wear a dress. And I think we're seeing some of Boo's backstory here. She's obviously a really non-feminine girl. Uh, and it's pretty upsetting to her mother. Well, that dress would have upset me. You know, can we talk about that dress for just a minute? <laughs> that dress was really bad. It was really bad. Um, it it was really, really bad. If if Boo, I don't blame Boo at all. <laughs> and I don't know that I I would have reacted a whole lot differently to that dress specific, although I don't know that that was necessarily the problem, but... Um, but Boo is really fussy about it. Her dad comes in and tries to talk her into it and says, do it for your father who has to live with your mother. <laughs> but Boo's pretty upset about it. She really doesn't want to do it. But she gives in. She does give in uh, very, very reluctantly. Yeah. She gives in. Next, we see Alex is complaining to Piper that they aren't getting it on anymore. Lesbian bed death. Collective, yay. I mean, no. Hyper-stressed <laughs> because it's June 7th and Alex, Alex keeps on with sexual innuendos and bleh. It's just overkill. They, I just think I'm just beyond that scene how, between them. How have we reduced Piper to this? Good point. In That's a really good point. One and two, you know, it's really like her story of what happened with her and now it is her her bedroom diaries it's her sex life with alex yes or not or not and i agree and that's a really good point this there was a lot of speculation about where this was going to go with piper because of course this is based on a a true story i don't know how closely based but the story was kind of told of course, not the ending of it or anything, but the story was told. The story was of the transition into the jail and and uh, the problems and challenges associated with that. And there was a lot of speculation on where it was going to go. And I really do feel like they've kind of cheapened this yes. with her. Well, with a lot of it, it's all it's it went from like when I first watched the first season. My husband would walk in and he'd be like, why are you watching this awful, depressing show? This is terrible. And now mm -hmm. it's almost like a, a comedy at the expense of everything that was built up in season one and two. Yeah, and I think season one and two had a lot of comedy thrown in it, too. But they had comic relief, so you would continue watching it instead of just it's all a big joke now. I agree. Okay, next we have the COs. They're fueling up on donuts and coffee. They don't like that Caputo didn't get them cream because <laughs> Big used to do that. Caputo is essentially telling them about the possible situation that this company, is it MCC, yeah. I think, is going to come in. And 
they're not buying the prison. It's still going to be a federal prison. Now, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but they're just going to manage it. Right. It's a long shot, and Caputo doesn't think it's going to work out, but he's going to put his best foot forward to see if he can get it to happen. And the COs, I don't know, they are talking about how it smells fishy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but and, Caputo kind of takes the attitude of, what do you have to lose here? Yeah, yeah, he asked him, how does unemployment smell? Right. So, I thought that was pretty good. Okay, next we have Crazy Eyes, and she sits down at the lunch table with the girls, and everyone is really being mean to her. Well, everyone gets a little cranky without sleep. They're cranky, they haven't got enough sleep, and she just won't let the V thing go. Yeah. The whole V thing is... She can't she can't let go. Pusey is sitting across from her and says that V is dead and Crazy Eye starts hitting herself and screaming and going crazy. The CO comes up and says that Tasty should stop Crazy Eyes. Now this is we're kinda seeing where Tasty is being put in charge of her here. In charge and I think we might have even seen that in the last episode a little bit, like Tasty has to calm her down. But Tasty's tired of it, you can tell. She's tired of the whole situation. And it's just like this really stressful thing where she's having to be responsible for, for crazy eyes. Well, there, there are so many feelings that I don't feel like they really went into with everything with V. You know, I mean, V was not just a part of crazy eyes lives, part of Tasty's life. She, you know, had a big relationship with the whole group. You know, they had their little business that they were doing and there was a lot of bad feelings, which is probably why, the other girls are getting so upset having to continue hearing about her. Yeah, I would agree with that. But but V was not, she was not a good person, and Crazy Eyes was the only one who didn't realize that. And also, are you remembering how Crazy Eyes was really, like, sucked in to, to V and how mean she got? She was like V's watchdog. She's the one who beat up Husay. Right. Remember? I do. So you can't, I don't know that we can blame Husay for being very offended that Crazy Eyes continues to, I don't know, defend, talk about, wish for, wish well V. Right. No, it's just, okay. it's kind of just an afterthought, you know, it's, Everyone kind of wants to move past it, and Crazy Eyes is not letting that happen. Okay, then we go to to Marillo, and she's all stressed out, and she's crying about Nikki. Then we flash to Daya, and she's mad because Bennett's gone. She's throwing food around. The women are just all stressed out. Everybody is stressed out and mean, and uh, we see the COs standing there watching over them and noticing. Right, well, because they have the investors coming. I they do. They do, but this was a pretty sad lot all the way around with everybody, didn't you think? Well, yeah, but, you know, they're supposed to make sure that all of the inmates are on good behavior. And everyone, it's a really bad day for the MCC to be coming. It really is. It's a, it's not, not the best time with everybody and their individual and collective right. sass going on. So, I agree. Um. Okay, now we see Boo, and she's out in the dumpster, and she's pulling some cardboard out for Sister Ingalls, because remember, they don't have mattresses on their bed, so right. she's getting her some cardboard out for that, and Boo is 
trying to get Sister Ingalls to kind of coach her on how to take advantage of Eastburg Baptist. I wonder who that's making reference to. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even, like... (laughs) Surely you did. ...with me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but she says, Eastburg Baptist, all hate, all the time. There's a guy that's going to come. Reverend Lawler is going to come see her, and she's going to say how she's changed and all this kind of stuff, and that's... She is basically setting herself up to fleece the people of the church based on what... Hence, Tucky has done. Right, so she can get her situation. Make money. So they'll start yes. sending her money. Yes, the whole thing is just a, just a money-making scheme on her part. A, a bilking scheme to bilk these people out of their money. And she's looking to sister to give her the cliff notes of what she needs to say. Of what she needs to say. Okay, next we have a flashback to Boo, and she's in a bar, and she's taking bets and stuff. She uh, is drinking, I guess, rum and Coke. And it tastes like vacation in a cup. Did you know that? I did. Now, well, I didn't, but I do now. Uh, Boo's name is Carrie, and we find that out. I'm sure we've heard it before, but I don't know that I remember it. There's a girl that comes in. Her name's Tracy. They walk out together, and Boo invites her back to her place for a drink. As they're walking down the sidewalk, they're holding hands. And a young guy comes up and he calls them dykes. And Boo loses her mind. That guy did not know the mistake he was making. And I bet that's the last time he called anyone a dyke. Hopefully. And yet it certainly didn't bring Boo to a good light in front of this girl that she had just met. No, no. The girl goes to leave. She's completely horrified. Be horrified. Well, yeah. I mean, somebody you just met and they're going to have that kind of reaction Whether the reaction is warranted or not, it was just like a lack of self-control. Right. And then we see that this is just kind of Boo's personality because when the girl says, you know, you've kind of ruined this. I'm not going to go home with you, essentially. And Boo starts calling her ugly names. Yeah, Boo does not like being uh, questioned on her identity. Yeah, and I think they're showing us that back from the time she was young and now... Up until this time, she really has a problem with, just like you said, being questioned or ridiculed or anything over who she is. Yeah. Next, we see Caputo. He is meeting with the MCC team. I don't know. I thought that whole scene was kind of unremarkable. Yeah. Danny is there. He seemed unsure of himself and was asking a lot of questions. But other than that, I didn't really get anything else out of that. Did you? No, just that I... It's a cost thing for them. That's why the MCC is hesitant to pick up Litchfield is because of their cost analysis. So whatever that may be, that's all I have in my notes. So-so gets a visitor. No. We finally get to meet Meadow. And So-so is bitter. (laughs) She's bitter hearing all of Meadow's hygiene. Meadow says that it's so badass that So-so's here, and So-so loses her cool. Yep. Says it's not badass, it's not brave, it's not admirable, it's not courageous, it's stupid. She's stupid, and she feels stupid for thinking it would ruin, for not knowing it would ruin her life. And she's not okay, she's just existing. Right. And then Meadow, in her uh, really soothing way says you know i drove three hours to get here right of course so so yeah so so 
like, well, don't it. You never have to do it again. And just leaves. Like, that's it. She's done. So we're seeing discord. It's just discord everywhere we turn so far. And then we go to Gloria, and she's talking to the lady that's watching her son. Do we know who she is? Yeah, we've seen her in a Gloria flashback, but I can't remember her name. I think she was a friend. I don't know that she's related, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. We'll try to find out. Um, But her son's there, and he's out of control. The lady who's taking care of him says that she can't, she has no control over him, that the older he gets, the less he's willing to do what she tells him to do. And Gloria just freaks out and tells him he's going to show up every week and he's going to bring his homework and she's going to call her brothers if she has to. And she gives some pretty specific threats. What, take him uh, take him to a bridge and hang him upside down until he pees down his body into his mouth. <laughs> and the the funny part of that is, did you see the look on the kid's face? Oh, yeah, he was horrified. Yeah, he he believes that she means business. He's not the brothers. Well, there you go. But the woman says, I don't know what you're thinking about. You think I have time to drive him up here every week? So that upsets Gloria. So I don't know that we've got one group so far that's not upset. Crazy Eyes seems okay when she's awake. Well, she's okay <laughs> until she freaks out, until anybody says anything at all. About V, and then she loses it. But Crazy Eyes is like on a hair trigger anyway, so I don't know. I don't know if we can say Crazy Eyes and okay. Okay, fair enough. In the same sentence, I'm just not sure. Okay, next we have Healy. He takes the wheelbarrow from Red, and he thanks her for calling him a good man. He's sorry about Nikki. He touches Red's arm, and you see Red like visibly soften. Mm-hmm. And she's saying she thought she could save Nikki. Healy gives about the best advice you can have. He says if someone jumps into shark-infested waters, you just can't save them. You but just read my notes. I mean, seriously, that's all <laughs> I had written. <laughs> exactly. But I kind of got, this is, this was the first time that I've seen Red soften toward Healy. Yeah, they have some sort of something starting or feeling or you can see it. They've Healy's taking special interest in Red, and Red is responding kindly, which we don't see Red do often. So, Well, kindly, and I think she was even even surprised at her reaction, it seemed like. I kind of got the impression that she wasn't expecting to respond that way to Healy, but she really kind of let him in. It's like she confided in him. Mm-hmm. Amazingly enough, Healy had pretty good advice. Okay, next we see the MCC group, and they're walking into the kitchen cafeteria part. And, of course, we got Crazy in there talking to her mop about V. And Caputo's bragging about the cost of food in his cafeteria. And he's saying it's $1.79 per inmate per meal, $5.37 per day. He's throwing out these numbers to him, But they let him know that the national average is $1.58. They're not impressed with the cost-saving stuff that... Caputo has done. Right. That's still a very low amount per meal, isn't it? I think it's, it is, if you're talking about in your home, I don't know, it's, it's very low, but I wonder, I don't know if we know if that counts subsidies or 
any kind of special deals. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know that kind of thing. But yes, yes, that's pretty cheap. And then the investors start asking about uh, their health problems, implying, their I health, guess, that... health requirements, yeah. With, yeah, they're talking about how housing females is harder because of that. Yeah, because Marillo's over there crying. And well, yeah, I mean, the whole the whole prison's really just kind of falling apart around them all. It's a, everybody is is a is a mess. I love what the guard said though. That cracked me up about uh how all of the inmates are synced up. So it's a rough couple days, but at least it's not spread out. I don't think Caputo was very pleased with that. That was hysterical. Just the reaction that cracked me up. Well, then we have the MCC group walk into the back and they start asking uh, Gloria about food. And she's just bitter. Gloria's bitter. She's just come from this meeting, this visitation with her son. And she didn't have anything good to say. And so Flocka comes up and starts talking about the lovely garbanzo bean stew. Uh, They're so oh. Yep, they can stretch it out because they picked out the rotten ones. <laughs> And Caputo yeah. tries to recover that of, you know, we find that our inmates are our best assets. <laughs> that was just, that was, it's uncomfortable. This whole thing with the MCC being there is completely un- uncomfortable. Anytime yeah. they were in the scene, I was uncomfortable. Well, yeah, they're all dressed up in their in their suits and going through and just kind of picking everything apart. Okay, next we have Loose Check. He's telling Piper how to work on the microwave and electrical and she mouths off to him pretty hard caputo comes in and piper explains that she's trying to fix the microwave that broke yesterday and piper's pretty sassy the guy (laughs) (laughs) the guy says can you fix it and she says she sure can if she can concentrate extra hard with her lady brain okay next we go to boo and she's getting a makeover they turn her around and everybody screams except pinstucky and pinstucky says you look weird and boo gets all upset and she says she looks like her mother that was sad that was sad it's sad <laughs> and then we flash back to boo having uh relationships not angry yeah not angry relationships with a girl. Uh, the girl wants to ask her something and Boo doesn't want to talk about it. The girl wants to talk about her mother. She knows that her mother's sick and she thinks Boo should go see her mother. And she, the girl doesn't want Boo to regret it. And Boo just acts like it's really not any of the girl's business. Right. She's having nothing to do with it either. She's Right. Shows no interest in her mom being sick and you really don't even see any emotion when she's talking about it. Of sadness, like that she cares that her mom's sick. It's just, uh, you know, like telling her to take out the trash and she doesn't want to. Right, right. Yeah, she's cut off. She definitely has those emotions cut off. And we don't know if maybe they're trying to show us now that she was so volatile for a long time that she just learned to cut it all off to stop that. Or if that was just in response to her mother or I don't know. Next, we see Piper having visitation with her mom, her dad, her brother, and his wife. I love her brother. Her brother, yes, he is hysterical. Just the stuff he talks about, I love it. He's just happy. He's happy, and his wife's happy, and he's just, like, happy to be alive. The circumstances, remember he was, like, living in the woods or something? Yes, I do. And he's just happy. 
the mom's kind of sassed because Cal and his wife are staying with him longer than she thought they would because their reclaimed wood isn't in yet. <laughs> Cal wants to open an ice cream shop and Piper's dad won't talk. And that starts stressing Piper out. And then we find out why Piper was upset about June 7th because it's her birthday. Do we ever find out why Piper doesn't like her birthday? I don't think so. I don't remember hearing anything about it, but it's just like it's her birthday and... Maybe because she's in prison for the birthday? I don't know. I don't know because Alex earlier was like, oh, it's June 7th. Like it was a big deal. Like, oh, I get why you're upset. And I thought when she said that maybe it was the day her and Larry were supposed to get married or something, right? Right. And... Then come to find out it's her birthday. Yeah, I I don't know. Some but, people don't like their birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But her dad has come and he didn't have anything to say to her, and she wants to know why he came. And he says because it's her birthday and he never misses it. And but he can't just sit there and make small talk with her. And here we find out she's thirty two. He says that she's getting farther and farther behind in life. And then she goes into one of her little kind of mantra things that she says. Maybe this is exactly where she's supposed to be right now. Maybe this is making her a better person. And then she goes into the fact that she's learning Spanish. She can (laughs) fix things. And then she throws out the bombshell. She has a girlfriend. And Cal's nodding and he's smiling. And so she's asked, are you officially? And she said, I officially have a girlfriend. Then she starts being piper just, gross about it. She does. She does. She starts making sexual noises until her mom pinches her ear and her mom and dad get up and leave. Next, Healy finds Red in the hall and he gives her rose seeds. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, well, he can't bring her roses, right? Right. How awkward would that be? How inappropriate would that be? But he can bring her a pack of rose seeds. But then he tries and to be all like fly about it. He was like, oh, is that what those are? Roses? And she's like, well, yeah. It says so on the packet. Yeah, big letters. Big letters right here. So she takes them kind of hesitantly and says, they'll make a lovely addition to the garden. Thank you. And he's smiling after her as she's walking away and she is looking confused. Mm -hmm. He definitely likes her and he definitely likes her taking up for him. She, I don't think she has any idea what to think about him at this point. No, but she's not being mean to him. And if no. for Red, not being mean is like her version of being of being nice. Yeah. yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, you're you're probably right because we have seen her before, kind of tell Healy what she thinks in no uncertain terms. Right. So. Okay. okay, so we got the girls. They're sitting at the table in the TV room, and Judy King comes on, and Poussey especially is just tickled to death with her. She loves her. She's a TV cook and uh, or a TV chef and lifestyle presentation and going into all this kind of stuff, and Poussey wants to watch her. They glance up into the hallway, and they see Crazy Eyes walking down the hallway through the window, and she has the mop on her head, and she's undressing. That was it. Was it supposed to be like these hair? Is that what we're trying to go for here with the mop? 
Oh, that's a good point. I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Well, I don't either. I just, I was trying to figure out why. I don't know why I try to figure out why Crazy Eyes does anything. But I was, that's what I was trying to do was figure that one out. Well, she's crying and she's upset. So I don't really understand what the undressing would have to do with it. But who knows? Well, she's wet from the mop. Oh, well, that's a good point, too. Yeah. I don't know. But she's walking down the hallway, just like undressing. I don't know. It was weird, and but I think the point was is that the MCC people were coming in with Caputo as part of their tour, and so Tacy jumps up and runs after her and gets her out of the way as they're coming through, just in the nick of time. It looks like too. Then we see Crazy Eyes in her bunk. Tasty's in there with her, and she helps her get dressed. She's helping her get dressed. And Crazy Eyes just lost it. She says that V came to her, and Tasty says that V's dead. And then she repeats it, and then she repeats it again, and then she breaks down. And that was pretty sad, because we've seen Tasty's backstory with V. Yeah. And it's just heartbreaking. It really is. And it, I think that maybe that's why Tasty was the one who kept taking care of Crazy Eyes. Yeah. Because she's yeah, maybe been there with V. Maybe it was. Um, they're, they're bunkmates, too. I don't know if that's just her lot in in prison just from the get-go or if it's just been since V. I'm not sure. But, but that was pretty sad. And Crazy Eyes asked her, she said, is she gone? And Tasty says, yes. And then Crazy Eyes looks at her and says, I'm so sorry. But and Tasty says she is, too. It's so sad. It is, but it's like it finally got through to Crazy Eyes. Like, maybe she needed to see someone else mourn for her to see that it was really happening. Instead of V, you know, is dead, and everyone's just like, yep, she's dead. Maybe right, Crazy right. Eyes needed that visual. Right. Kind of like... Uh, Everybody's dancing around, ding dong, the witch is dead, and Crazy Eyes has lost a friend. Right. But there's heavy crying and total sadness and a shared moment, and then Crazy Eyes puts her head on Tasty's shoulder, shoulder, and it's sweet. It was, it was a pretty, t- it was sweet, and it was touching, I thought. Uh, then we see Piper, she climbs on Alex's bunk and tells her that she called her her girlfriend to her family. And she didn't mean to, that it just came out, but now she can't stop thinking about it, and they do this little cutesy uh, will you be my girlfriend? Check one, yes, no. And then they drum roll, kiss. Opinion is just so overdone. And I think it just comes back to what you said earlier, how they've reduced this, what was a really intriguing part of the show, to this. Right. Season, and I don't, season one, I watched this show for Piper. Sure. Everything yeah. else was backstory and good backstory, but I wanted to know about Piper, and now they could remove Piper from the show, and I don't even think I would notice. Which is kind of sad. It really is, because that's really, like, supposed to be at least in part her story. Okay, but I gotta tell you that I did like this one part. Alex couldn't make her a CD mix, so she just wrote the names of the songs on a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, creative. I thought that was funny, and that was nice. That was a nice thing, and it was for her birthday, although it wasn't for her birthday, because it just happened to be today. Right. Okay, then we see the MCC group, and they're walking down the hallway, and Daya 
stops him. And she's really kind of strong-arming Caputo, didn't you think? Yes. she. Uh, I said he ba- she backed him into a corner. And she really did. Like She you really know, I did. Didn't talk she to demanded. You. Right. Yeah. Theo Bennett. And yep. it's, okay, let's go talk. And he tells her to make the same assumptions he has that Bennett's gone. Yeah, unfortunately was, for both of them. Not everyone around here is locked up. And it's pretty cold. I know he's frustrated. But but in in his defense, if he needs it or if I can give it, he never did like that situation between them. This is nothing new on Caputo's part as far as him being hostile toward the relationship between Diane and Bennett. Bennett went and tried to turn himself in, and Caputo was just like, we're just not going to talk about this. So now, I mean, it is going to come back on him. Of course it's going to come back on him. He swept it under the rug so he could end up in Fig's position. He couldn't have anything going bad then. I just don't see how anything good can come of this. I don't see how the truth won't eventually come out anyway. Right. Well, in the Benadiah situation. I don't know. Maybe that's why he took off. So he wouldn't That's not why he acted like he took off, remember? Oh, I know. He acted like it was because he was completely freaked out by it all. Well, and who wouldn't be? I mean, he just left that dinner party, if you can call it that, where the where uh, Daya's mother's boyfriend pulled a gun on the kid to get him to eat soggy french fries, and he realized that's what his child essentially was going to be growing up in. But then to leave it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not defending him. I just, not in any way. I don't know. I don't Time will tell on that, I'm, I hope. There's just no, I cannot see a good, a good end to this. You know, you know this is going to end up blowing up. Yes. Yes, I, I just do. Can't, I just can't imagine it coming, coming to a good end. Um... But then Daya walks away and she's upset and the MCC people ask if that inmate was pregnant. <laughs> and Caputo and denies Caputo it. Lies. Yep, he lies and he says, and by the way, you should never assume that about a woman. And then in her boo, she walked up and right as he said that, he was like, you should never assume. I learned that the hard way and kind of starts joking about it. And Boo walks up and goes, oh, well, a big heterosexual hello to all of you. And looks at him <laughs> and she's like, what, is anyone buying this? Anyone? And you can't help but think, poor Caputo. <laughs> I mean, could this be going any worse for him oh, than I it know. is? Okay, then we flash back to Boo, Carrie, again going into the hospital to visit her mother. And her dad's outside the door, and he's all tore up and everything. But he really doesn't want her to go in. He asks if it would have killed her to put on some other clothing. And Boo says her mother's had 42 years to have learned to accept her. And he calls Boo's outfit a costume, and he says that... We all wear costumes. We all wear, right. We all wear costumes. Do you think I want to wear a suit and tie five days a week? It's what you have to do. And he won't stop her, but she needs to decide if her costume is worth upsetting her mother. 
And this is where she goes into the fact that she's had to fight for this her whole life, and she won't be invisible for him or her mom. And she says she's sorry, and she turns and walks away. And her father's upset. He's sitting there pained, and she's crying. And the whole situation was just pretty sad. It was very sad. Something has, some correlation has to be drawn here. Of she would not change her clothes to see her mother, but she's dressed up like a, a big heterosexual hello to meet with the reverend to get money. But see, I think that's kind of what they're contrasting here. I, I took it as that's the point of this, is that even to placate her dying mother, she wouldn't change who she was. Then, as we go into this next scene and we see that um, Dr. Reverend Lawler is in there to meet her, to meet with her, and she can't change for that either. So, yeah. at least we're seeing some consistency with it. Um, she meets with the Reverend and Pennsucky, and he calls her Tiffany, has told him great things about Carrie. And she schmoozes him, and she's had a lot of time to think, and he starts throwing out really derogatory, hate-filled terms. And Boo is upset over it. And But she's trying to control herself and everything, and she asks him if he can take up a collection to help support her. And he says that her story of wickedness and depravity will touch people. And calls her the thieving dyke. And then she just explodes and starts throwing chairs and screaming well, and behaving as we've seen her. No, no, no. She didn't explode when he said that. She, the, the thing that got her was whenever he said that they would have to cover up, make her invisible, cover up her butch tattoo. Right. That was right. the covering up part of who she is. She can deal with it. She's muffled down the names. She's muffled down the stigma that's going with those names. But whenever he mentioned just covering up, tattoo that's when she lost it okay but come on though she's covered up the hair she's covered up everything else including the demeanor she's lying about who she is but suddenly having to cover up a tattoo when she's putting herself out there to be a changed person and the tattoo i mean that would if if she had truly like change she wouldn't want that tattoo you wouldn't think on her arm if she had changed the way she's putting herself forth to have changed and suddenly that's going to be the thing well i'm just saying that goes back to boo's talk of being uh invisible Invisible. yeah plus she's just had this this memory of her mother we assume that's what it is not just a backstory but like a memory because she had been sitting in the in the beautician chair and saying that she looked like her mother. Yeah. But she she can't do it. She can't um she can't make a go of it, so she's not gonna be able to con the people out of money. Right. Then we see Caputo is seeing the MCC guys out and he tells Ford to polish up his resume. And <laughs> it doesn't look like things gonna go very well. No, it went everything that could go wrong, minus the prison catching on fire, went wrong. Pretty much, yeah. Then we have Gloria, and she's sitting outside her kitchen smoking, and Daya comes up and asks for a cigarette, and Gloria wants to know if she's okay, and she says no, and she talks about Bennett being gone, and Gloria knows, and he's a piece of crap like all of them, and she can't believe that he's left them, 
and Gloria gives her a cigarette and says it's not the worst thing that's going to happen to that kid. That was sad. That was really sad. It was sad to see this. It was sad to see her, Daya, come into this realization that she's been left. And then, you know, going to Gloria, who is experiencing that with her kid, you know, not being able to be there for her kid and what it's turning Gloria's kid into without, I'm not saying it's just because Gloria's in in prison, you never know what's going on in that kid's life, but Gloria is completely helpless. Right, she doesn't have any control over her kid and Daya's going to have this kid and not, or not, this certainly not the amount of control she would want to have over him. And then she even says to Daya, if you were my kid, then she goes, you'd still be screwed up or something. Yeah. You'd still probably be screwed up. So, she, so she's feeling pretty down on herself as a mother, too. Then we go back to Pennsylvania, and she's glad Boo is back. And they sit and they talk in the bunk room. Boo wishes she'd said goodbye to her mother, but she didn't. No. And Pennsylvania told her that she was brave today. And Boo says she was dumb, and she got five extra weeks uh, or five weeks of extra work duty for that outburst. I guess she had in the visitation room. Yeah. Boo brought her some toothpaste and tells her she needs to start brushing her teeth seriously. And uh, Pennsylvania says she's still taking their money, and they high they, five over it. And yep. And then Boo says tomorrow they'll start talking about floss. And Pennsylvania says, no, she's not doing it. Like that stringy <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's not going to have, <laughs> she can't believe it. But she, but she is touched by the toothpaste and says she'll give that a try. Yeah, she'll give it a shot, but it's a waste of her it's, time. Robbie, she, she doesn't think it works that way. Caputo's looking at a jobs listing side on his computer and his phone rings and it's Danny. MCC's going to be taking over Litchfield as soon as the paperwork goes through. And Caputo is just like he thought everything went wrong that could have went wrong. And he's so surprised. But Danny looks forward to working with him. Caputo is so relieved. He takes a shot of whiskey. Then he screams woohoo a couple times. And then he gives a little dance. Yep. <laughs> Caputo's happy. Caputo is happy. It's about um, time someone's happy in this show today. Dang, I know, really. Then we see Crazy Eyes. She's walking back into her bunk, and she sees Tasty asleep, and she crawls in bed with her. She's grinning. She throws her legs over. Tasty freaks out. Says, oh, hell no. Crazy jumps up and grins and gets back in her own bed. She was too far, too far. And Crazy Eyes, just checking. I was just checking. (laughs) And then we fade out with some hip-hop music playing in the background. And that's pretty much it for season yep. three episode four see I, I did you have any i didn't feel like there was a ton to really expand on in that episode maybe next episode maybe it was building us up but i just didn't feel like there was a it was a huge conversation piece you know well yeah but i do think that they're setting us up with mcc and all the changes that are going to come with with another organization running the prison. They kind of had to do that, maybe. Yeah. Although, some of the stuff, maybe not. Um, it, it it wasn't my favorite episode. No, I didn't. It took me a while to get through it and get all my notes taken on it, because I got maybe a little worn out with it. Yeah. 
but I bet next week's easier. Fingers crossed. Maybe. Uh, we really hope you'll connect with us and become part of our new Orange is New Black podcast. Uh, don't forget you can find us on the web at westcoastproject.com. Uh, you'll see a list of many, many podca- podcasts there, and we hope that you'll watch some of them like them. Many of you might enjoy them if you enjoy us here. You can email us at support at westcoastproject.com. Search for us on Facebook, West Coast Project, and all of this info is on the West Coast Project website. Or interact with us on Twitter. We always have some fun conversations there. I am at Michelle from TN, and what's your Twitter? I am at Just the Hippie. At Just the Hippie. We hope you all uh, contact us there and get into some conversations. Let us know who's who's listening to us and let us know what you think. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn. And if you uh, like us, we'd love to have you rate us. So until next time, be sure to brush and floss. And <laughs> I guess we'll see you next week. Oh, God. Okay, we'll see you then. Yeah, we'll see you then. <laughs> All, All right. right, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye.